Who am I? You sure you want to know? If somebody told you I was just your average ordinary guy, not a care in the world, somebody lied. Truth is, it wasn't always like this. There was a time when life was a lot less complicated. Can I take your picture for the school paper? Sure. In this Welcome lab, we have- to the Marvel Cinematic University. I'm your professor, Mario Rivera, and joining me is the marvelous doctoral student, Cyclone MC, who has a bachelor's in the MCU, a master's in the multiverse, and is going for their dissertation in Marvel Studies. Sly, how are you doing? I am doing great. I am so excited to be here with you today talking about Spider-Man 2002. Oh my gosh. Yes. Do we have a lot to say about this? We have, not only do we have a lot to say about this, this is the pinnacle of the reason why I picked the classes. And we'll get to that once we get to that. But yes, I'm so very, very excited to talk Spider-Man with you, which of course, is the movie that we're talking today. Of course, the 2002 Spider-Man film. We're going to be entering our history class as we enter Earth 96283, which, of course, is Spider-Man 2002, directed by Sam Raimi. Uh, Written by David Coop, who has written some of the best movies in my lifetime, which is shocking. He's done way more than what I have listed here. But, of course, he's responsible for Small Soldiers, Jurassic Park, World of Worlds, and so many others. If you go look at his IMDb, it's absolutely insane is what he's responsible for. And, uh, yeah, he is usually a a Steven Spielberg collaborator, worked with Sam Raimi on this, made one of the biggest superhero movies of all time. So shout out to him specifically. Of course, this is our first uh, Sony Pictures movie, which uh, obviously is significant because we'll be talking about that for a while going on this show. Um, collaboration with uh, Columbia, which, by the way, when I saw Venom uh, the other week and I saw the like Columbia logo, I was like, man, I'm brought home. Like This feels, this feels beautiful <laughs> to see that. Um, of course, the movie stars Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst, James Franco, William Dafoe, and many others. Uh, of course, you can stream this film currently on Stars. So Stars has a platform in which you can uh, do, you know, their service. And maybe I th- not by the time this is out. That is true. It's a high possibility. I do know that there are some talks though that eventually the Spider-Man movies would go to Disney Plus. So depending on when this is out, if that's already happened, but uh, as of right now, they're currently on Stars. So we'll see. We'll definitely see. But if Sly, if you can, I do want to th- add. Yeah, go ahead. One thing yes. to the history. I'm pretty sure this is the first movie with the Marvel comic opening. You might be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that is true. I'm not. Yeah, we did not see that in any of the other films. That is very significant. Yeah. Okay. Shout out to Spider-Man for including, which became a running theme for many years and many companies have used it. It's not just Sony. Mm -hmm. X-Men used it eventually. Uh, The Hulk used it. And up until literally until I just saw the Venom, I think he used it as well. So yeah, that is significant. Thank you for reminding me of that. That's smart. Yeah, that was my my first note I wrote down. I went, oh my gosh, this is the first like Marvel <laughs> opening. <laughs> that is that is correct. Uh, and of course, Sly, if you can, please give us the very wordy plot of this film. <laughs> another another thick boy today. Yeah, I'll try All to right. go smaller next time. <laughs> based superhero character this is the story of peter parker who is a nerdy high schooler he was orphaned as a child bullied by jocks and can't confess his crush for his stunning neighborhood girl mary jane watson to say his life is miserable is an understatement side but one day well <laughs> side note these are pulled from imdb apparently you can be anybody just write these things but okay <laughs> yeah i i have i have questions for the writers of these I, I have some editorialization but yes <laughs> <laughs> but one day while on an excursion to a laboratory a runaway radioactive spider bites him and his life changes in a way no one could have imagined <laughs> peter acquires a muscle-bound physique clear vision, ability to cling to services, and crawl over walls, shooting webs from his wrists. This person loves ellipses. I 
<laughs> but the fun isn't going to last. An eccentric millionaire, Norman Osborne, administers a performance-enhancing drug on himself and his maniacal alter ego, Green Goblin, emerges. Now Peter Parker has to become Spider-Man and take Green Goblin to the task, or else Goblin will kill him. They come face to face and the war begins in which only one of them will survive at the end. Okay. I, a- <laughs> I have so many questions. I love you, IMDb. You brought me so much joy. There was a lot in My- there. There was a lot in there. My first though, um, he becomes Spider-Man way before he has to fight Green Goblin. Yeah. Um, There's a war? <laughs> it's more of a scuffle. Also, muscle-bound physique. 100% you had to put that in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perform-enhancing drugs. That's also in there. Yeah. And then my other one is a stunning neighborhood girl. Yeah. He- She's his neighbor. They literally live in the house next door. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's uh, enough of me critiquing the plot. That was that was just the plot. That made me laugh so hard. Uh, of course, some of the comic book characters that are featured in this film, of course, are Spider-Man, Uncle Ben, Aunt May, Harry Osborn, Norman Osborn, Mary Jane Watson, J. Jonah Jameson, uh, even uh, J. Jonah Jameson's editor is is a character from the comics as well. Uh, the receptionist, Betty Brant, who is played by Elizabeth Banks, who's also in this movie, surprisingly. And uh, yeah, uh, there is at least a, you know, if you wanted to see some of your characters come to life, this is a cool movie to see that, to see a lot of these people represented in as equal hair accurate <laughs> concepts as since the sixties, which is hilarious for J Jonah Jameson. And even Betty Brandt has a very sixties thing going on there, which I think is hilarious. Um, but yeah, that is, uh, that is all the history notes. Uh, we're going to go ahead and move on, have a sort of open discussion, a Stanley seminar, if you will. And of course, and let's talk about this film and Sly. What do we, what do you think of the film? I, this is the first movie that we've done so far that I I really felt like it, it tugged on the heartstrings. Like I was feeling all the feels. I was just all up in it. And I think I've seen this movie before. I don't have a great memory. Um, but Spider-Man as a character tends to be uh, one of the characters that I've really liked all my life again i was a huge dc comics fan i was super into the dc characters but i always really enjoyed spider-man as well especially spider gwen like spider gwen is my favorite i remember uh i had the um 2015 rodriguez spider gwen comic that i absolutely adored loved so much like so I've always liked like the spider verse stories. Um, and I think, again, I think I've seen this movie before, but I did not remember it at all. So I was really excited to really dive into it, really experience all these characters that I've seen in other things in how they were portrayed in this film. That's, that's true. Cool. Uh, the fact that you have all the history and yeah, I, I too have, a prominent history with Spider-Man. Spider-Man has been a massive part of my life for many, many years. And one of the the biggest things about this movie specifically was that when I saw it, I believe it was my grandmother who has uh, an f- absolute fondness in my heart, uh, took me to see this. And this was probably one of the last few movies that I got to watch with them. Um, because, yeah, uh, roughly at this time, I think... Uh, she was slowly on the decline, and so I definitely sympathize with everything going on with Peter Parker in this movie specifically. Um, and yeah, Spider-Man, like I said, always been a big part of my life. Uh, joined in when I uh, started reading comics at a when I was about a teenager, but a couple years after this movie, actually, for the Spider-Man Ultimate run 
before Miles Morales, it was actually Peter Parker, written by Brian Michael Bendis and Mark Bagley, and absolutely adored the character all the way through, all the way up until the introduction of Miles, and the the continuation of that was you know always spectacular. Play the video games, you know I've seen every single one of the movies. Uh, absolutely, yeah, massive part of my history, and so to see this film again, uh, and again, the reason why. I'm happy that we're talking about it now is because, you know, as everyone knows, if you're watching trailers for anything, that Spider-Man might be coming back in a big, bad way with the next Spider-Man film. And we'll, time willing, of course. And uh, we'll, see. we'll see. And this actually was probably maybe the genesis of why we started the show, or at least why we started talking about it, because that trailer happened. I wanted to watch all of the original Marvel, you know, Spider-Man movies. And I did, I watched all three of them and they hold up differently in my mind now than they did, you know, even years later, um, after seeing the third one. And so I'm excited to talk about them as they come along. And I think this is what I brought me. I was like, Hey, we get, we need to do a show like this. And I think this will be fun. So again, this, I owe a lot to this movie and that is definitely, and I owe a lot to the director as well, Sam Raimi. So yeah, no, this movie holds up so well. To the fact that it's, you know, I think definitely one of the best movies as a complete experience. If I, if I take away my history with the comics or if I take away the history of knowing things about the comics, just in this movie alone, the characters and where they go and, you know, where they exchange to um, the plot itself, the, the dialogue, the music, you know, it's as close to a solid movie as a is a like movie that will live in infamy uh as some one of the best movies of all time in my mind uh because of where it is and uh yeah i i i'm so happy that you got to either see this for the first time or you know have those feelings towards this because yeah this movie is still think, magical yeah one of the things it does so incredibly well is if you know the stories if you know the comics you know what all the big twists and turns are going to be. Yeah. And they still hit. They still hit. Yeah. And I think that's what impressed me the most was the like the Uncle Ben moment hit, the like goblin reveal hit. And like I was like, I know what's gonna happen. I like know what this arc of the story is gonna be, but it still kept me engaged. I still was so like interested in those little details in those little interactions and it like captured my attention the whole way through and i thought that was really impressive that they, they took the story that i knew like all the beats basically of what was going to happen and still had its hooks in me yeah it never ceases to entertain me uh as i was watching it and hearing all the the fun dialogue and the the silliness that is along with it because you know sam raimi is a director that definitely does a lot of slapsticky stuff in his movies especially in evil dead and that it holds true in here uh peter parker gets dunked on quite a bit but it's fun to watch because of the things that happen you know much later um uh, about that character and yeah you 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 definitely feel for his character and feel going forward uh my favorite you know this is the this is a fun thing my favorite depiction of when uncle ben dies uh, <laughs> which has been done a few twice now in cinema and uh i mean i haven't seen those spider-man movies in a long time so i'll hold that judgment when we eventually get to that um mm -hmm. but for now the the actual depiction of the death of uncle ben to me still holds uh, a, a place in my heart for how, how how sad I was and how much I felt for the character and for the mistake that the character makes by letting the guy go through and how he feels that guilt and that to me still carries on throughout this movie um, you know do I want to know how he makes that suit? <laughs> Very curious, but yeah. <laughs> but the way, but but by the way of them like waving it away by it being a drawing and it coming to life, you know, I'm okay with it too. But and uh, but yeah, no, I think yeah, I, yeah. That was one thing I wanted more science. Sure. Out of this, I wanted to see Peter going through like the like testing and experimenting. I wanted more of that. Uh, but I mean, I, again, we're not going to talk about the, the the Andrew Garfield movies at all yeah. because I I have no reference. Yeah. But like, um, 
I know we've had a Spider-Man origin story done so many times by now, but this was like the first one to really do it, right? Yes. And so I, it was interesting to me what what they included and what they didn't. And I think one of the one like thing that I was really sad we didn't have was that like it we get the training montage where he's like trying to figure out how to use the webs, which I thought was excellent. I just wanted more. Of Shazam. That. I wanted that with the scene. <laughs> <laughs> the Shazam line. Oh my gosh, I lost it. It was so good. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of great references to other things in these movies, which I think are pretty hilarious. Up, up, and away web, um, which is another good one. Um, but yeah, <laughs> you just, I just feel like the the movie just cares about what it's doing, and the, Sam Raimi cares about these characters and cares about how to illustrate and you know what is the time to make a joke and what time is it to be sad and what time is it to be happy, and it just plays you like a fiddle throughout the whole film. And uh, I love I love all the characters, even the douchey ones. Like uh, I love Flash Thompson. I just love him in this movie. He's such an asshole. I- Ooh, I have thoughts about Flash in this movie. Good, yeah, because this, uh, this is a character that so, is actually uh, redone three times, and I'm excited that we could actually talk about oh that. Character. Yeah, so yeah, so it was really interesting to me to see what parallels I drew from different like Spider-Man occurrences that I've experienced. Obviously, I've talked extensively about how much I love the Spider-Man PS4 game and the Miles Morales PS5 game. Like they're like some of my favorite games. And this movie I felt had a lot of influences on on the PS4 game. I, I was getting that. a lot of similar vibes from that. Um but with Flash Thompson specifically, I want to talk about this character because his depiction in the MCU and his depiction here are so different. <laughs> and I thought it was really interesting. Like in this movie, he's just like the classic stereotypical bully. And that's it. That's all you get. He's like like football like bully dude. Like that's all you get from him, which is, uh, you know... I don't think we needed more from him here, yeah. but it's really interesting to see that contrast with Flash in the MCU where he's much more developed and he's kind of a jerk, but he's not a bully. Yeah. No, 100%. I, and so like, I thought that was really interesting because when I saw this Flash, I went, huh, completely different take. Yeah, and it's interesting. I think uh, I'm trying to remember if they established as a science school in the MCU version or what, or like. Yeah, it's like Midtown Academy or something. Something like that. Yeah. So there's. I and mean, it's like a science. Like it's like a science based. She got you. Got you. So then, yeah, the Flash in that would probably not be in the sports. He would be very similar to where he is. Though they do have sports because they have a gym teacher. Hannibal Burst, yeah. so I don't know. Even so, but Flash things, is also on the like, yeah, uh, I don't know what they call it. It's the knowledgeable equivalent, exactly. Exactly. So he's definitely like just functionally different. And I think mm-hmm. this movie, uh, you know, the 2002 version is probably the closest to what the comic, uh, interpretation was because that character goes through a lot. I mean, eventually he joins the military and uh, he loses his legs. Um, and he. Yeah, he becomes a handicapped character, and then he bonds with Venom at one point, and that's how he gets his legs uh, sort of function. Like it's sort of like a push and pull with Venom. Um, but yeah, I think this interpretation, like I said, is probably the more classic one. And I think he serves his purpose, right? He gets his ass beat. You know, at the end of the day, he's still with Mary Jane up until a certain point um, until graduation day, which I thought was funny. That's <laughs> that's the best day to break up graduation day. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Did you recognize the actor? I did not. He, I'm so bad with faces. You he, know this. <laughs> he is, uh, I think, either married or dating um, the woman, the Spanish lady from Modern Family. I forgot her name. Uh, Vermiga, right? Ooh. I don't know who either. Have you ever seen? Are. Have you ever seen Magic Mike? No. That's a movie you need to watch. Magic Mike, specifically Double <laughs> XL. Right. Double XL is amazing. Um, oh my god, his name is Joe uh, Maggiano. Oh, did you watch? Uh, Justice League, the uh, did you watch? Did you see the end credits for Justice League? He was Deathstroke. 
Gotcha. And, anyways, I didn't rediscover him until he was on True Blood, and he was a hot, like, werewolf dude. And he's, like, buff and awesome. And he is he's a nerd. He plays Dungeons and Dragons. He's so cool. Like, I want to hang out with this guy in I'm real life. for him. <laughs> yes. But he plays, like, the douchiest Flash. Um <laughs> But yeah, uh, you know what? Let's go ahead. Uh, we, we, we could talk probably a bunch about this movie. We'll talk more and more later. But I do want to let's go straight into because this is the first MCU movie that has counterparts. And like we're saying, we're counterparting right now Flash Thompson. What do you think about this interpretation versus the MCU one that we've come to know with Tom Holland? What do you think of Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man? Um, I, I thought they were very different Spider-Man. And I like that. I like that they felt very different. Um, one of one of my big problems with the MCU Spider-Man is he's never really given the chance to exist as his own character. Sure, his story is so dependent on Tony Stark's story, and I like I really don't like that that take on his story i feel like spider-man can be such a great independent character Mm -hmm. and i feel like they just really tied his story to iron man and it i i don't think they needed to and so i really enjoyed seeing this peter parker more independent more able to like be creative and explore like his you know abilities and his like emotional maturity that growth is you know pretty isolated and not dependent on another character and i thought that was really nice to see to see his character arc independent of like any outside influences if that makes sense it does make sense and i absolutely agree it's interesting to see them and i love both don't get me wrong i i that i end up rediscovering how much I love Tobey Maguire watching this again is that he has a vulnerability to him that you don't see with Spider-Man in the newer movies because he's never allowed to. I mean, he's allowed to suffer. Don't get me wrong, but it's always never in the same way. Like for instance, you know, he Spider-Man at a certain point, you know, needs to find a job and needs money. Right. And so he has to struggle Mm -hmm. and he has to do something in the not so great in order to do so. Like which being in the wrestling thing, which causes so much strife in his life. Like, Spider-Man struggles in this movie, and that's something that I think that outside of the villain plot of those, you know, Tom Holland movies, he doesn't really get it, doesn't need the struggle. I mean, he has a wonderful life with yeah. his, you know, aunt, um, the school, for the most part, no one really picks on him other than, you know, Flash Thompson being a jerk, but they're almost like, I don't know, it's weird, it's like. They're parallels. I would yeah. argue that in the MCU, they're parallels, and you see yeah. such, uh, like, you see, like, Flash Thompson's life kind of sucks. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and so, like, like you, it, you understand his motivation a little bit better. And because Peter in the MCU does, again, doesn't really struggle at all. Like, he, yeah. besides, like, fighting villains, like, yeah. that's his only real... Um, talking to girls maybe like that you know like you can't okay my my one problem with i I will say this goes for andrew garfield as well sure and tom holland they're too hot (laughs) 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 i'm not complaining i'm just saying talking about you toby (laughs) it's very hard to pass them off for the nerdy awkward I can because agree. you look at them and they're so conventionally attractive. Yeah. And I'm not saying Toby Guy isn't conventionally attractive because he totally is. But I think they play into that awkwardness him just like staring at MJ and not answering. They really play up the like socially awkward, like not super comfortable in his body. Like they really play into that in this movie. And so I, I, <laughs> I agree with I you. I think that's, yeah, he's, he's definitely embracing more of the nerdy side of Peter. And I really like that. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely like that as well. Um, uh, some of the other parallels of course is, uh, 
Aunt May. Aunt May is very different from the current depiction of uh, there. There was a so it was Hot May. Was that something? Or was, hot, uh, hot May. Yeah. Hot May. Yeah. Hot, so you know, she is stunning oh in my the God. MCU. She is very attractive. I've had a crush on her for years. So yes, when she, when I found out that she was Aunt May, I was just like, okay, I don't believe it, but sure. Um, <laughs> But yeah, in, in comparison, what did you think, obviously, of the cur- of this Aunt May compared to that one? I I loved Uncle Ben and Aunt May yeah. in this, and I loved getting to see them together. And they were just like when I fir- when it first opened, and I saw Uncle Ben. I went, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, oh, I care so much about him. I and do. I know where this is going, but I'm just going to appreciate it. Like, they're like, so they're just like, both of them are so kind and genuine and loving and getting to see that environment for Peter. And then him being this angsty, like, <laughs> teenager who's angry about everything (laughs) um i thought that that was a really nice like contrast between the his environment and his character and oh gosh i i just i loved aunt may and uncle ben together so much they were so cute their back and forth their dialogue was so awesome and then you know, later you see Aunt May by herself, and I just, she holds on to that, like, pure, like, caring spirit, and it's just so beautiful. Yeah, as much as, you know, I love Marissa Tomei's, uh, just to being in a Spider-Man movie, I, I gotta still shout out to uh, everyone, and the Aunt May and Ben Parker are just essential, and this depiction of them in this movie, I think, is the warmth and feeling that I think that maybe the Holland movies are missing. Because, you know, like we said, Tony Stark takes up a lot of the role of Uncle Ben in those films. And I feel like some of that loveliness is missing. Um, you know, because I'm a huge fan of Aunt May in the, you know, Spider-Man game. Spider-Man, she's amazing. And I feel like oh, yeah. you kind of you miss that in, in the newer movies. And to have it here, I think, is, is, is wonderful. Um, because yeah, their chemistry together is so sweet and chemistry with Toby is wonderful. Can we talk about Harry now? Yes. Let's talk about the Osmonds. I've been, I've been itching to talk about Harry. Um, so (laughs) I, again, will reiterate how much I love Spider-Man PS4 and that (laughs) game and Harry's storyline in that game. Oh boy. And so when this like movie started and you see Harry and he looks really similar to him in the video game. And I was just like, oh boy, I'm not prepared. And uh, I just, I love Harry. I love his depiction here. I, I just, ugh. (laughs) That's it. That's all I have. <laughs> uh, yeah, when it comes to Harry, you know, because the only he he, uh, he has a parallel in the Garfield films. We'll get there eventually, but he has a parallel. Uh, only this is it. This is really the only real major depiction of him in the next you know three Spider Man to you know Sam Raimi films, and so for him to get his start here, at first I wasn't too sure about him because you know. I can't tell if he's like uh, one of the popular people that just hangs out with Tobey Maguire or is he a loser like him? Like he's like it, an imp- it felt like he was kind of the outcast and like yeah. because it, it, he's talking to his father and he got kicked out of all the private schools. Yeah. Right. Because he's like, I don't want to be like the snobby rich kid or whatever. And then he goes to this public school and all the public school hate kids hate him because he's rich and snobby yeah. and so he's just like kind of an outcast and like becomes friends with peter because they're both kind of outcasts yeah and i i love that i love that he's like like he's obviously smart he's intelligent he could be great if he tried but he's so trying so hard to reject everything his father is yeah that he's like I'm going to just skate by. 
and yeah i agree with that assessment he's very much skating by in this movie in this movie specifically and uh for him to be friends with, i don't know he just caught it's just things about him that i like love but then there's things like man you're a shitty friend uh especially when you like yeah. when, it, when it comes to like the mary jane because he clearly knows clearly knows oh, that yeah. peter parker yeah. has it and uses that information that he gets to try and woo her at the at the at the at the, at the, at the museum and uh you know like that's a dicky thing to do and then later on yeah you know, it comes later when he is actually dating her i think it's such a beautiful depiction of him not really knowing how the world works sure and he's so used to getting his way yes. in everything yes that he's like i my friend likes this girl i bet i can get her and then Mm-hmm. They start dating, and I, it doesn't really give the impression that he really cares about her, more the fact that he was able to get her to like him. Yeah, I agree. I 100% agree. And for everyone that, you know, started this whole trend of, like, Bella, Edward, Jacob, this was the original Bella, Edward, and Jacob, okay? It was MJ, <laughs> Peter Parker, and Harry Osborn, okay? <laughs> Because there's a constant Willy Wonka throughout majority of these films, and uh, that this is a fun standing point. But yeah, in terms of his character, yeah, I, you don't get a lot of him in this one. But when it when he's there, it matters, and I think it matters more in the other movies now that I've you know revisit them, and I'm excited to see you know that progression again. But yeah, I I do think that a lot of things go fast with him. But yeah, uh, I still think he's an interesting watch to say the least and to have a peter parker have a friend like him i think is interesting because if i put on actually i don't even remember the tom holland's character's friends i call him genki even though he's not genki um oh um uh uh ned 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 Ned, that's right i love ned ned is a much better friend very different character very different (laughs) depiction okay (laughs) if we had to compare yeah the very different in terms of each other like one's a bro One's a hoe. Um, but that's still fun to watch regardless. You know? uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I want to talk about Norman Osborn. Can we talk about Norman Osborn? Yes. William. Oh my gosh. William Defoe, I love you so much. You are so perfect. <laughs> so good. Oh my gosh. The, okay. So like, Throughout the like beginning of the movie, I was like, "Wow, like it, it's William Defoe. He's really good." Yeah. And then that scene with the mirror and his facial expressions changing so quickly to change. Oh my gosh! Yes. So incredible. The like the voice, the face, the mannerisms. And you can see it going back and forth in like real time. Like obviously there were cuts there. Yeah. But like just like it gives that such a fluid like progression between the two like personalities. So good. So, so, so good. And such an amazing depiction of that sort of psyche breaking thing um, using the mirror in the way that it does. I'm very curious. Um, about the future depictions in the movie in this and how they work in the other films but that's fine we're not talking about those yet but for this movie 100 percent, i'm like yeah this it works for me 100 percent of the time i love his antagonism uh towards P- uh spider-man his his him trying to put spider-man on his side and having that conversation everyone makes fun of that scene of the two people you can't two people talking where you can't see their mouths moving they just look like two dolls but but still, I had so much fun watching it again a couple of times. It's just you, you you don't see two characters in full costume like that that are opposing sides for that long talking. They're usually punching each other all the time. Yeah. And, and obviously Spider-Man can't do anything, but I still think that having that conversation I think is awesome. But yeah, no, just the, every decision they make with that character, every line, like I'm trying not to quote him right now. Because uh-huh. we have a segment we'll about there. quoting, we'll there. <laughs> but there's so many wonderful lines that he says that I still say today, and they're, they're they've they've written themselves into history and will never be forgotten in my opinion. They're memes. They're 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 uh, you know they're there's just so many gifts of this movie of just specifically things. William Defoe is a fucking treasure, and I can't wait to see him uh, back maybe in the next. Sp- Spider-Man movie because that tease, oh my god, <laughs> did not see that coming. 
So we'll we'll definitely definitely talk about it. Uh, let's see. Um, let's talk about Mary Jane. What do you think yeah. of Mary Jane? What do you think, of Mary Jane? Talk about Mary Jane. Yeah, I thought this was. This is like what I picture as like the classic like Mary Jane. I think yeah. this I I think they were really going for, you know, the like girl next door, like very attractive, gets all the popular boys. Um but they it, I was surprised about how much depth they gave her. Yeah. I was pleasantly surprised about how much depth they gave her. I really liked, you know, getting to see the family dynamics between her family and Peter's and getting to see her and Peter talk and be like, like her being like, well, your life's great. And Peter's being all like sad and broody. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I just, you know, I love her wanting to be an actor. I think that that was really fun. Um, It usually if, She's a journalist. No, if no, she was a model. No? So okay. the way, so again, oh, okay. so to 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 way to like to way to break down this character, what the original depiction was, at least in the comic book, she was never like the first girlfriend either. There was there was Betty Brant that was actually the mm-hmm. first one, Gwen Stacy, and then she shows up later, and as someone who was a family friend, that Peter didn't even like. Even remember what she looked like. Like, there's actually a comic panel where, like, a thing's over her face, and when it's removed and you see who she is, is like face attire. You hit the jackpot. Like, that is the big reveal of her saying that. And she was a model in the comics for a while. Um, I'm not so certain what the modern comic accurate, you know, is. So for her, for them to transition that from model to an actress, I think is actually smart. Um, and I love like you're saying in terms of like the family depiction of how, what she's going through and, and how hard it is for, you know, it's not, not, she is the pro tipple, like the girl that everybody wants, the girl next door, but she has her own issues too, that she's dealing with. And she, you know, mm-hmm. lives, lives, lives on. And that carries on to later too, which I'm very happy about. Um, my, one of my favorite scenes of all the, the entire films is them talking to each other in the backyard. Um, them having that dialogue back and forth. The scene was excellent. Yeah. It's the quieter moments in the films that to me work so much than even the bombastic parts of it. And when you do them well, they stand out and they make me remember your character. The one thing that I'm going to bring up, and it's because it's a big problem, and I think it became a problem in later movies in general, just movies in general, is I feel like they set up so, such a strong, interesting woman character that, again, is a love interest, which is back and forth between Harry and, and Peter, but then using them as the end-all MacGuffin at the end of the film. And spoilers for a future movies again and again is a massive problem, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. I know it reinforces yeah, the themes I- of the film, but still. Yeah, I I will be interested to see what my thoughts and opinions are on her character development as we see her in yeah. the later films in the series. But I yeah, I think in this movie specifically, the way they used her as the like end like decision I could accept. I thought that was fine. You know, yeah. okay, this is what we've been building towards. It's all about, you know, Peter's relationships. It They're trying to use those to get close to him. It makes sense. Yeah. She's still, like, a pretty strong character in her own right. She's, you know, plenty badass mm-hmm. in this movie. But I definitely think my opinion on that will change as I get later in the film. Yeah. I, I, well, it's, it's funny. It's because, like, I still think those foundations are there, but it, it's the end result of, like, okay, how many times are we going to do this? But, yeah, I, I I think you're absolutely right. In this movie, I can accept it because it reinforces the theme at the end and what happens at the end, of course, which is she professes mm-hmm. his love to Peter, and Peter rebukes it only because – I can't. I can't. I can't risk your. Ugh, I can't risk you, yeah. you being in trouble again because of a mis- you know because I'm in love with you. You know, like I I think that 
is actually very wonderful for this first movie. And you see her heartbroken in that moment. You see him walking away, not feeling any happier. And I think that is the strongest thing about, I think, maybe even all three movies. Um, but th- this movie specifically, as we'll focus on this one, yes, I think it is earned in this one. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, I I love, I think this is still probably my favorite relationship um, between all of the depictions of the Spider-Mans. I know that uh, Gwen... I will have... Yeah, I'm. I'm. I want to tease this. I will have a very spicy take when oh. we get to the Andrew Garfield. Uh, okay. About about relationships. That's all I'm gonna say. Cool. Uh, if Liz is watching this, Liz started this, and she knows exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. I can't wait to talk about it. But I'll just I'll tease that. For but sure. yeah, I think it, it all of his relationships throughout this film all you know end up in the like final moment and you see that you see you know uncle ben and then you see uh, right after that he kills somebody right and that moment was like oh shit like what kind of spider-man are you going to be yeah and then he spends all this time you know like working to be like a better person and you know like trying to like I feel like he's like trying to live up to like Aunt May's expectations of him. Yeah. Like that's the vibe I'm getting. And then at the end, of course, he kills Osborne, right? In that huge moment. And then <sighs> Harry like sees him and then he's like all defeated. He's upset with himself. And then you have this like big moment from MJ and he's just like, I can't take this. I can't do this. Yeah. Like after like everything that happened to Aunt May, Uncle Ben, like Harry hating yeah. me, like I can't take any more relationships. A mentor in Oz, yeah, Osborne, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will say, you know, it's funny because I, I, I like cringed when you said that he killed both of the men, but at the end of the day, he didn't do anything to stop them from dying. Like he didn't, he just flips, right? He doesn't stop the glider from heading, you know, hitting him. Yeah, you know. Um, and you're right. He doesn't save the guy at the end at all. Like he just lets him fall, and he doesn't try to do anything. So, again, it could just be pure shock. But the fact that he did—it's that inaction. It's it's that inaction causes the responsibility of what you need to be able to do, and I think that carries on. So yes, I I can agree with those statements. And I don't. I'm I'm not saying that like I think he's stabbed him in the heart, responsible <laughs> for that death. But I'm saying that from the perspective he feels. That I agree. Death I agree on him. Yeah, I agree with you 100. percent and that will hold weight until the sequels, of course. Uh, I'm actually going to, yeah, I'll ask the question here. Does this movie hold up? Is this still worth watching? Sly, what do you think? I have two moments that don't hold up for me. Okay. I will say, in general, absolutely holds up. Absolutely worth watching. I have two moments that I noticed, and I went, mm. I think I have an idea mm. what one is because it's a problem that everyone points out. And I do love the meme on it, but go ahead and see. I'm gonna wonder if we're thinking the same thing. Um, we'll see. Uh, the first one uh, was when he's in the fight. Yeah. With the dude. Yeah. And he makes the cause the like. What did your husband make that for you? And I was like, the maze well. No. Mm. No. Um, have you seen the meme on that not, though? I have not. The meme. I won't say it's like horribly egregious. It just. It made me cringe. There's like, bit. yeah, yeah. Uh, the the meme is, uh, it's the same line as like, did your husband make that? And then there's a whole paragraph of like, well, yes, he did. And he, it was a very wonderful gift. And I love him very much. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Taking it back. <laughs> I did not like the line. <laughs> no, the line is terrible. Reclaim and, that shit. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Reclaim it for your own. Um, but yeah. And then the second moment that I was like, questionable was MJ wearing the kimono sure. to meeting um, Osborne. Um, and I, I, I have no stakes in that. Obviously, I'm very white, right? Like, that's not my <laughs> place to say whether it was appropriate or not. But it, I had, at first, when I saw her wearing it, I was like, hmm, that's a strange choice. 
And then when Harry makes a comment about wanting her to look nice for meeting his father, that was the second where I was like, ooh, that really doesn't sit right with me. Implying that this very nice dress isn't nice enough because it's not what he was expecting. Exactly. That was that was questionable. Again, not my place to say if it was good or bad, but made me cringe a little bit. Um, oh, for sure. Other than that, absolutely holds up. Absolutely worth watching. It, I I had so much fun. I really enjoyed it. It made me feel all the feelings. Like like I said, all of all of those beats. Even though I was expecting them, they still hit. It. Absolutely. I think that in uh, our Lord 2021, uh, I think that this movie hits even stronger than it did back then. Minus, obviously, the same same things that you said, though. 100%. The same things you said yeah. are the, like, that is not cool. Um, but I think that as a movie in its own piece, like I said, take away what you know of the comics and all that knowledge and stuff like that. You can use it as a reinforcement of certain cool things, but I think as a story that they were telling from front to the end, I think they told their story and left enough dangling threads for future mm-hmm. movies, but I think completed a arc um, for the character. Absolutely. So yeah, 100% does this movie hold up and it's 100% still worth watching. Um, yeah, I think we are both agree on that. Sly, do you have any other notes that you have or would you do everything was said? I have one more. Uh, One of my notes was just New York is wild. (laughs) And that was in the bridge scene where he has like the like trolley of like all the children or gondola or whatever it was. And then uh, goblins like attacking him and the New Yorkers just start throwing like fruit or whatever at, at him. I was just like, Man, New York is wild. It's wild. And they they replicate yeah, well, well yeah, they replicate that in future films so it's awesome. So but Oh boy. But uh But I love yeah, I love this so much uh as well. And you know it's funny, the more that we talk about it, there's you know so, so in the next okay, moving on, uh that finishes up our seminar, but we're going to go into drama class where we, of course are going to do some quotes from the movie. Uh th- I'm going to go ahead and get it off my chest because I really want to say it. You mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. Get him, Spider-Man. <laughs> I just, so good. So, you, so I still say that to this day. Still say this to this day. Okay. So we have a couple. Uh, yeah, we do have a few lines here that I pulled from some of the quotes here. Uh, uh, would you like to tell? This is a great. This has been a meme. For a while. Do you want to tell this Norman Osborne line? It's one of my favorites. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> so Norman talking to Peter. Harry tells me you're quite a science whiz. You know, I'm something of a scientist myself. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you have you have a technology company. I have, yeah, you're a scientist. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. I love that people <laughs> take that. And just make that a meme <laughs> this many years later. It's so good. I'm something of a scientist myself. Uh, <laughs> do you want to be the wrestling promoter? Or do you want to be Peter Parker? Uh, I want to be a goblin for the next one. So can I be Peter for this? One? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, be goblin. <laughs> yeah. You got the best stuff. Okay. Uh, wrestling promoter. After Peter lets an armed man escape with a bag full of cash. You could have taken. Oh, damn it! Hold on, let me start again. <clears throat> you could have taken that guy apart. Now he's gonna get away with my money. I missed the part where that was my problem. It's like cold blooded. Don't <laughs> starts dancing out the way. Straight face walks away. Oh, I love a good callback like that. Was just yeah. God. So good. So good. And I love a good uh, New York accent. So I wanted to do the wrestler promoter. Okay, this I is this not do an accent to save my life. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love this next segment. Okay, this is more of a dialogue back and forth. It's gonna be a bit. So, go ahead. This is basically a scene. Yeah. But we're we're gonna do it. All right. So Green Goblin lands in front of Spider-Man on a rooftop. Wake up, little spider. No, you're not dead yet. Just paralyzed. 
You're an amazing creature, Spider-Man. You and I are not so different. I'm not like you. You're a murderer. Well, to each his own. I chose my path. You chose the way of the hero. And they found you amusing for a while. The people of the city. But the one thing they love more than a hero is to see a hero fail. Fall. Die trying. In spite of everything you've done for them, eventually they will hate you. Why bother? Because it's right. <laughs> Lambs his head. <laughs> Here's the real truth. There are 8 million people in this city, and those teeming masses exist for the sole purpose of lifting the few exceptional people onto their soldiers. You, me, we're exceptional. Grabs his head. I could squash you like a bug right now, but I'm offering you a choice. Join me. Imagine what we could accomplish together. What we could create. Or could destroy. Cause the deaths of countless innocents in selfish battle again and again and again until we're both dead. Is that what you want? Think about it, hero. <laughs> uh, so good. Love that scene. Love, love. I love the monologue. <laughs> uh, I did. I guess I didn't put this in here, but it's only because I want to do it. Uh, I want, of course, uh, rest in peace, my sweet hero, Macho Man Randy Savage, who makes an appearance in this movie as the wrestler. He has two of the best lines that I still say to this day. He says, Bonesaw is ready. <laughs> and, of course, I got you for three minutes of playtime. I do want to comment uh, before we do the last one. Of course. But in that whole dialogue back and forth where he's like, I'm not like you. You're a murderer. That line oh, hit me because I'm like, you sure about that? <laughs> you don't sound sure about that. <laughs> I'm nothing like you. So good. Do you want to nail this last line? Yes. Yes. This, at the very end, wraps it up so nicely. It's so beautiful. It's just like, whatever life holds in store for me, I will never forget these words. With great power comes great responsibility. This is my gift. My curse. Who am I? I'm Spider-Man. Nails it! Oh. Nails it! <laughs> so... Wonderful. Well, that concludes drama class, which we'll be moving on to music room. And this is why this segment was created because superhero movies of this era are remembered for their original soundtracks. Does the movie uh, music hold up in this movie and do any songs that are still bangers today? And ladies and gentlemen and non-binary folks and everyone around the world. Yes, this is the reason why this was created because Nickelback, <laughs> yeah, very old. <laughs> Chad Kroger himself, and uh, there's another guy in the. I forgot what band he was in. I don't care. Uh, Hero is one of the best superhero anthems of all time. Still amazing. Oh, good. I listened to it last night because I needed to get a pump in, and you know what? I had uh, I had it put on Hero, and it's still. Absolutely a banger. Uh, Fucking slaps. And it comes in during the credits. It's not during the movie. It's only during the credits. And it just, oh, I am so high. Oh, oh, God. Oh, I can feel it in my veins. <laughs> that's, how much I, that's how much I love, love, love this song. And how much I associate music with movies. And when I th think of Hero, I think of Spider-Man. When I think of Spider-Man, I think of Hero. And it's the fact that it's Chad Kroger is just icing on the top because I'm, I bet uh, I, and I'm a, I'm a 31 year old man. I bet if I start listening to some Nickelback, I'm going to be like, you know what? They had some choice songs that are not bad. I, I liked Nickelback, especially like in like middle school. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know how old you were when I was in middle school, but I, <laughs> I thought I thought Nickelback had some bangers when I was in middle school. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, Hero, uh, again, quintessential uh, song. 
There is another song, though, I think that is also really awesome. And this also goes with my love for music videos. Uh, Hero also has Spider-Man. Like, they're like on a rooftop playing, and then like Spider-Man's like swinging around every now and then. But the other song that, to me, uh, it's up in my punk rock roots, um, my Canadian punk rock roots with Sum 41, which has the song What We're All About, which is featured in this movie somewhere. I forget where it was. But yeah, this song is 100% one of my favorites. Uh, it has the... Basically, the trailer is the music video for the most part, except the band has superpowers and they're playing uh, upside down on the world. So, like, they're on the ceiling, the crowd's below, and they're like, oh, bu- it's so cool. I love everything about uh, the song and the power of it and the, the soundtrack. If you go and actually look at the rest of the song list, they're like songs that you associate other places to that are on it, too. Like, there's a, there's a great Hive song on there which uh, was also like a prominent song. So it's cool that they even had it on the soundtrack. But yeah, these are the quintessential bangers that are still great, which by the way, I mentioned this on our last episode. There is a MC uh, University playlist on Spotify that I've created and curated where I'm including all these bangers on a list so that way you can listen to them all together. Um, So yeah. I might make it for Apple music as well yeah because that'd be smart i uh, it'll be the same thing but <laughs> yeah yeah it will probably be on both spotify and apple music music mc university playlist hell yeah, yeah. hell yeah i agree i agree we'll, we'll try and get that up and running so that way the both are uh synced together so that way no matter what platform you're on why not enjoy it but yes uh of course this is yeah listen to all the music that's all i gotta say Okay, well, this concludes Music Room. And moving on to my favorite segment, which, of course, is quiz time, which I'm going to start for this episode. It's I'm actually qu- excited for this one. I know. It's <laughs> awesome. I'm going to say it just like my man, Macho Man. It's quiz time. All right, let's do it. <laughs> of course, what famous director came the closest to making a Spider-Man film before Sam Raimi? Okay. Was it A, Steven Spielberg? B, uh, which of course Jurassic Park. I'll say say some of the movies, so maybe you know you'll gauge it. So Jurassic Park, Schindler's List, E.T. You know the bigger the the bangers. John Woo, who is responsible for uh, the movie Face Off <laughs> with uh, John Travolta <laughs> and Nick Cage, uh, Broken Arrow, and uh, Hard Boiled. Okay, James Cameron, which of course is Terminator, The Abyss, True Lies, uh, you know Avatar down the road. That's what he was responsible for. Brian Del Palma, uh, The Untouchables, The Godfather films. Uh, these are some pretty big, prolific directors. Which one of them do you think was the closest to making a film before Sam Raimi? I I feel like I'm pretty confident about this. I'm pretty sure it was James Cameron. You are absolutely correct. It is right? James Cameron. James Cameron came the closest. I don't know why I know that. <laughs> I think I honestly think it's in the ether of time of like people remember like yeah there was a huge period of time where James Cameron was about to make the movie I think with Tom Cruise I don't remember there was a there was something going I feel like Tom Cruise comes up a lot in these discussions because um, I think he was also up for Always around. he was up for Tony Stark at one point I remember that um, but they ended up not going that direction but yeah James Cameron um, prolific director obviously went on to do Titanic instead. And uh, some other things, and never made it. Yeah, still hasn't made a movie since. Uh, so we'll see. <laughs> uh, but yeah, James Cameron. Number two, the Twin Towers were featured in the first teaser trailer. True or false? Who this movie came out in two thousand two. Yes, very New York centric. I'm going to say true. I have no idea, but I feel like that would be something that they would have shown off in the in a teaser trailer for this movie. They did. They showed it off in 2001. They showed off that Oof. it was it was the 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 images, I think uh criminals uh I'll, 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 you know, maybe I'll show you the trailer later. But basically, they're like in a helicopter and a giant web captures the helicopter and the web is in between the twin towers. Which is like, ugh. Um, of course, because that was the teaser trailer, they obviously removed it. And the Twin Towers are actually removed from the film as well. So they are not. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't notice them in the movie at all. Yeah, they are not in the film either. So that is your two for two right now. Uh, 
Uh, let's see here. I could have sworn I had a fourth or fifth question, but uh, real quick. Does Stanley have a cameo in this movie? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. <laughs> Isn't that that first fight with Green Goblin? Mm-hmm. There's a like, little girl and he like grabs her and I was like, that's Stanley! <laughs> <laughs> He's his own is his own hero, which I uh was very happy I was about. So excited to see him. Yeah, it's such a this is uh I think uh the second yeah, his second appearance so far on our show that has a cameo. And yeah, you're absolutely right. He is he is saving that little girl, which is so good. I think he actually um there are deleted scenes that do feature more of him. I think he has a line. But they cut it down to just him saving the girl, which that's fine. That's perfectly all, all you need. And uh, yeah, so that that concludes quiz time. You won. You know, I, I could have swore I did better. I did it. Yeah, I could have swore I had more <laughs> questions, but if that's not the case, you did it. You, you 100% aced this test. It's fine. And it's, uh, it's a nice balance compared to last week. Oh, I yeah. Did very poorly. <laughs> yes. Some softballs. Why not? The first question's hard. You nailed it. So good, good for you. So that uh, concludes quiz time. Of course, we are wrapping up school for the day. We're going to go head to our homerooms. And just any final thoughts you want to leave uh, on this film? I just want to check my notes. Uh, I have a note that just says, don't yell at him, sad face. What is this? Oh, this was in the car with with Ben oh, and yeah. Peter. And Peter's like, you're not my dad. And I was like, don't yell at him <laughs> that's the last thing you're gonna say to comes, him <laughs> yeah and then that comes back later where he was like the, the last thing i ever said to oh um i i i loved this movie i really really enjoyed this movie i'm so glad we have the show i feel like i say that every week because <laughs> it makes me appreciate these movies so much more and I'm just I'm so excited to get more Spider-Man. I've I haven't watched any of the um I don't think I've seen the rest of these series and I haven't seen the Andrew Garfield movies in ages and I'm not gonna watch them until I watch them for the podcast. Okay. And so like I'm I'm itching for more. because uh, I love Spider-Man, I love his stories, and I'm just I can't wait to see more of this character in movies um and of course when we eventually get to see um oh no way uh, home the next no way home right yeah uh the the naming questions i have yeah because it's homecoming far from home no way home no way home yes yeah yeah no way home so yeah, I think I think I've gotten all my thoughts out on this movie. <laughs> good, good, good. I wanted to give you that that final chance. Uh, of course, yes. Uh, this is one of the quintessential superhero movies that not only broke boundaries in terms of the box office. I think uh, this is the first superhero movie to reach over a hundred million dollars at the box office, which of course became the trend that if you're a successful movie, you have to somewhat cross this threshold, um, which is either a good thing or a bad thing. But at the very least, there was something there about this character. His character resonates within all of us. And I think this movie is a wonderful depiction of that character and where we got forward to. So yeah, uh, I, I don't think, I think I pretty much exercised everything that I've had to say and really hope people give this another shot uh, for people that are, absolutely uh love tom holland's and consider that to be the only depiction in their minds at least give this one another watch i think it's absolutely worth your time so i think i I think good all of the depictions have something about them that makes them special and unique and i think it's important to cherish all of the depictions because they're all at least good yeah yeah, they're all at least good. And so, you know, you can have your favorites, but I think revisiting all of these depictions and seeing what they do differently and really cherishing that is so important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the one thing, obviously, before we go, we have to do some homework. I didn't, uh, I forgot about it, didn't tell anybody in the last episode that you need to see Spider Man, but. Oh, shoot. I, yeah. <laughs> I assume you understood that Spider Man would be next or 
at the very least. I'll we'll let you know. we'll hopefully let you know by then. But your homework for this week, and I'm very excited about this one because I've not revisited it in a very long time. And we can definitely this is another one where we can compare to the MCU, the extended MCU, and maybe has a return in the Spider-Man movie. <laughs> who knows? Who, who knows what these true these rooms are correct? But we get to see Ben Affleck as Daredevil. So we are moving into 2003, Daredevil. Very excited. Oh, so, boy. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say, because uh, I don't know where we can stream. Uh, I haven't looked to see where we can stream this yet. I'm assuming it's somewhere not hard to find. Um, I would aim for the director's cut version, because apparently it's better. Okay. So we'll try to go for that one. Um, because I, And I haven't seen it, so I'm very curious what's majorly different. But yeah, we're going to be watching Daredevil. No, Sly, where can people find you? <laughs> Okay, you can find me pretty much everywhere on the internet at MC. If you want to see more of me talking about Marvel, be sure to check out Stark Radio on Twitch and YouTube for the Hawkeye After Party. I will be co-hosting that and no chatting with Liz about all things Hawkeye. Fantastic. Of course, you can find me at Nightmute City on Twitter. Uh, over here at Pip, where we, of course, have our podcast, where we uh, go live every Friday, and we release the podcast as a two-part video on our YouTube channel, and is obviously on all of the audio programs that you can find it on, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and every everywhere else. And uh, yeah, I think that's where you'll be able to find us. And uh, until next time, class is dismissed. In this lab, we have 15 genetically enhanced super spiders. There's 14. One's missing. Peter, are you all right? I'm fine. Pete, look, you're changing. I know I went through exactly the same thing at your age. No, not exactly. 